amazing grace. We cannot escape that grace of God. It comes as challenge and it comes as salvation. And so before our gospel reading, uh, we share in part of the psalm, Psalm 139, that reminds us that wherever we go, God is there to hold us. I invite you to share in the words in bold print. Lord, you have examined me and you know me. You are all around me on every side. You protect me with your power. Your knowledge of me is too deep. It is beyond my understanding. Where could I go to escape from you? Where could I get away from your presence? If I went up to heaven, you would be there. If I lay down in the world of the dead, you would be there. If I flew away beyond the east, or lived in the farthest place in the west, you would be there to lead me. You would be there to help me. I could ask the darkness to hide me, or the light around me to turn into night. But even darkness is not dark for you, and the night is as bright as the day. Darkness and light are the same to you. Amen. Jesus was inspired by stories like the story of Jonah, and he became a great storyteller himself. And one of the greatest of those stories is of the father and the two sons. And Julia's going to read that to us now. The lost son. Jesus went on to say, there was once a man who had two sons. The younger one said to him, father, give me my share of the property now. So the man divided his property between his two sons. After a few days, the younger son sold his part of the property and left home with the money. He went to a country far away where he wasted his money in reckless living. He spent everything he had. Then a severe famine spread over that country and he was left without a thing. So he went to work for one of the citizens of that country who sent him out to his farm to take care of the pigs. He wished he could fill himself with the bean pods the pigs ate, but no one gave him anything to eat. At last he came to his senses and said, all my father's hired workers have more than they can eat, and here I am about to starve. I will get up and go to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against God and against you. I am no longer fit to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired workers. So he got up and started back to his father. He was still a long way from home when his father saw him. His heart was filled with pity, and he ran, threw his arms round his son and kissed him. Father, the son said, 
I have sinned against God and against you. I am no longer fit to be called your son. But the father called his servants. Hurry, he said, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and shoes on his feet. Then go and get the prized calf and kill it, and let us celebrate with a feast. For this son of mine was dead, but now he is alive. He was lost, but now he has been found. And so the feasting began. In the meantime, the elder son was out in the field. On his way back, when he came close to the house and heard the music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him, What's going on? Your brother has come back home, the servant answered, and your father has killed the prized calf because he got him back safe and sound. The elder brother was so angry that he could not go into the house, so his father came out and begged him to come in. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I have worked with you like a slave, and I have never disobeyed your orders. What have you given me? Not even a goat for me to have a feast with my friends. But this son of yours wasted all your property on prostitutes, and when he came back home, you killed the prized calf for him. My son, the father answered, you are always here with me, and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be happy, because your brother was dead, but now he is alive. He was lost, but now he has been found. So let's pray. Lord Jesus, the great storyteller, help us to listen for your living word today and to know again your presence and your love. Amen. We all love a good story. And the story of Jonah and the story of the father and the two sons are among some of the best. And the more I've looked at the story of Jonah in preparation for our autumn focus, the more I've realized that Jesus was inspired by that story. His parables and his sense of humor are not dissimilar to the one who wrote that book. And his message of God's love for the world and compassion for those on the margins is not that different either. These are stories that tease and challenge us. They make us ask questions and both end with an open question, an unfinished answer. Will Jonah, the grumpy prophet, make up with God and come to terms with God's compassion and mercy for the city of Nineveh? Or will he just go off in a hump or a huff or whatever word it is? Will the older son come in and join in the great celebration for his brother's return? Or again, will he go off in a huff? 
Julia uh, announced the reading as a story of the lost son. And we tend to think of the younger son as the lost one who is then found, who was dead and is alive. And of course that's very true. And we could focus on the younger son today. But I want us to think about the second son, the older son, because in some ways he was lost as well. He'd never left home, he'd never disobeyed his father, but there was a huge resentment within him. He had lost that love. He didn't feel loved by his father. He felt taken for granted, I suppose. There was huge anger there. And he won't come in. He accuses the younger son of spending all the money on prostitutes. There's no mention of prostitutes before then. This is all in his, his mind. The anger, the bitterness. The older son. He's not so unlike Jonah, who is so resentful that God changed his mind and was merciful to the Ninevites. And so the question is left hanging in the air. Both these stories were written not for the Ninevites or the lost sons. They were written for the Jonas and the older sons. They were written for people within the Christian or Jewish community written to challenge us in our attitudes, what is in our heart as we look out to the world around us. Have we caught hold of that compassion and mercy and kindness of God? Or do we see our service of God as some kind of grudging grudging act. Are we grumpy servants of the Lord? Or are we God's dearly beloved children? That is the question. And too often we act within the church as grumpy servants rather than as beloved children. Beloved children who are not exclusive in this relationship but want others to know themselves as beloved children too, to a loving parent, our Heavenly Father, the Lord that we see in Jesus. I want to share a prayer that I wrote as if said by the older son, because I want to picture that older son coming in and eventually sharing that celebration. And I do this as we come to share in the celebration of the Lord's Supper. So we keep quiet. Father, who is a stranger to me, I stand outside and refuse to come in. 
angry at your foolish love for my brother, jealous of the joy that son of yours has received from you, doubtful that you love me in that way, resentful of the dutiful faith I have pursued all these years, suspicious that the celebration will cost me dear. I stand outside and refuse to come in. So Father, so full of strange grace, you come out to meet me, reaching out with that same foolish love, calling me child, giving me all, and calling me to share in the celebration of the lost being found, the dead being raised to new life. Father, always with me, I who have travelled nowhere in my faith am lost. I who have risked nothing in my love am dead. I stand outside, but want to come in. Restore me to yourself. Renew your life within me. Take from me my anger, jealousy, doubt, resentment and suspicion. And bring me home, that I may know your joy and share in the banquet of your grace and mercy. And so indeed we are invited to share in that banquet of God's grace and mercy as we break bread and share wine in the name of Jesus. <clears throat> 